0: we were literally in a position where we couldn't pay people for nine months, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that, 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 that test is, it just goes to show who really is there to support you. Um, when they don't need to, they don't need to, they can, they can chase down their money and then decide they don't want to make your products anymore. Yeah. Um, or, you know, everything from a box suppliers to everything right down to BT, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's um, we we were open from from July really in terms of where we were and who we can you know who, who we were struggling to pay and and we were open with the team in terms of where we are where we were in the business and uh, and that I found was the best thing really it's just 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 be open and honest and just try and do the best you can to pull through it.
1: Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup U, inspiring and supporting entrepreneurs to make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup U, the regional partner of Virgin Startup, providing startup funding, mentoring, and support. Each episode features the stories from two entrepreneurs at different stages in their journey who talk us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hayes with the number one recruiting experts in the UK. Whether you're searching for your perfect job or looking to scale your business by building the perfect team, go to hayes.co.uk quoting Startup you Welcome to episode 68 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host Alex Chisnall and on today's show, I welcome Susie Walker, nutritionist and founder of The Primal Pantry. Before I dive into my interview with Susie, I'd uh, just like to let you know we're coming up to episode 100 in a couple of weeks. Um, and I'd love to celebrate that episode by um, doing, doing a special episode, just answering the questions um, that you've got, what you're struggling with at the moment in your business, whether you're a startup, a scale-up, more mature business, um, do let me know. Um, I will try to answer it myself. If not, I will call on the help of one of my friends who are um, our mentors. Uh, I've got some amazing mentors that we're able to help businesses with. So do let me know. Literally just tweet at Alex Chisnell or friend me on LinkedIn at Alex Chisnell or just email Alex at startupu.co.uk. Just let me know your question. And we'll answer it in our special uh, Ask Alex episode, as I'm just going to call it off the top of my head. Uh, Also, just a quick reminder that our Screw It, Just Do It live events for May are up and running on our Eventbrite page, also on our Facebook page, Startup U. Um, We'd love to see you and and meet you at one of our live events. Um, We are in Brighton on the 17th of May, including with Susie Walker, who you're just about to hear from. and the subject being how to start a food or drink startup. Uh, We've also got Harry from Pops, uh, which is the alcohol um, popsicles. Um, So he's done everything from joint ventures with PIMS to champagne, a very popular business indeed. Um, So check that out there. And we've also got on May the 23rd, in bournemouth i've got a female entrepreneurship evening I've got five different female entrepreneurs through the ages a whole bunch of different age ranges from tara howard founder of the venus awards um, all the way through to erin T- thomas from uh mumpreneurs i've um, got a whole bunch of entrepreneurs there so do check that out we'd love to see you so diving straight in without further ado um, and I welcome nutritionist and founder of the Primal Pantry, Susie Walker. Now, Susie um, tells it like it is. This is a great story. Um, the archetypal roller coaster ride um, to a very successful startup, but she's been through the good times and the bad times. And she very much lays that all out and shares it with us in this episode, which should be great advice um, for all of you to hear. Started as the ultimate kitchen table startup. In the summer of 2013, Susie was looking at some healthy snacks for her then two-year-old daughter, Grace. And based on her research, she decided to raise her on a diet free from grains, refined sugar, and oils. But she was struggling to find on-the-go snacks that weren't full of either carbohydrate or sugar. Her nutrition clients were, were having similar problems, so she tried out some recipes at home, blending dates with nuts and coconut. both her daughter and her clients absolutely loved them. So she says the feedback was good enough for her to think there might be a product there. So Primal Pantry was born. And just three, four years later, her kitchen experiment has very much become a global business, which turns over three million pounds. The bars are sold in 26 countries around the world, which is amazing, as well as all the major UK supermarkets. Um based on the paleo diet also known as the caveman diet uh, which you may or may not be aware of it first became popular back in early 2000s 2002 uh, a book called the paleo diet by american scientist lauren cordain Um, and susie walker's very much grown a business off the off the back of that uh, really interesting story um she doesn't like i say shy away from telling us the, the bad times as well as the good times the lessons that can be learned from her experience and without further ado i'm going to dive in starting up with letting susie let you know a little bit about the business let's start up <laughs>
0: Currently, we are on a mission to get people making better food choices, and we do that through a range of um, Better Few Great Tasting Energy and Protein Bars.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. And how long have you been doing that?
0: We've, uh, we launched, in, came up with the idea in August 2013 and launched in January 2014. So, uh, eight, just over, just over four years.
1: Okay. And yeah. was it, I, I assume, it's just you to start with? Um, no,
0: it was um so my my background is uh food food and drink marketing so I started at Nestle then went to Innocent. Oh, um, really? okay. And then yeah uh, took redundancy from Innocent and used the money to retrain in nutrition. Uh-huh. Um and then went to Little Dish so each business getting smaller and smaller and more entrepreneurial mm. as um as I went along my career. Yeah. And then uh, qualified in nutrition whilst doing marketing at Little Dish and uh had our daughter. And by the summer of 2013, um, I'd built up a nutrition practice, seeing clients um, for a range of different ailments, weight management, stress and fatigue, et cetera, where they struggled with snacks. And that's how I came across um, the paleo diet, and I was using that um, with with clients. And ultimately, that summer, I was making energy balls for them at home and giving it to them. And that was the same summer that I met my now business partner, Don Maxwell um, who ran a sales agency and, and we met up, he, he lived around the corner. He was actually in Burnham. So he was just around the corner. We met up with our dogs and I showed him the products I was making and said, what do you think of this product? Do you think we could sell this? Mm. And that was, uh, August, 2013. So, um, and, uh, he said, yes, definitely. You know, we could, we could, uh, we aim to sell it in Tesco's and, uh, we, we, we didn't know each other, you know, we got to know each other a couple of months and, and then we, we formed together and we gathered, um, and with his other business partner as well, we gathered sixteen grand between us and went ahead to find a manufacturer in the UK that could make the product,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, get the brand design, and, and and crack on really. And so by January we were we were we were up and running.
1: Okay, and that was uh, January two thousand fourteen. Did you say fifteen? Yeah, for, yeah. So okay. a few months
0: later. A few and, months later.
1: And um, and, and um, so the aim was to, to get into Tesco's. Where where do you stand now with regards to your so aims? I, and what success looks like for you?
0: I said to him, this is why we're great as a, as a pairing, because I, I remember saying to him, it would be so brilliant if we get this into Whole Foods and yeah. how amazing would it be to get it into Ocado. And he turned around and said, well, what about Tesco's and Sainsbury's? And I thought, right, okay, well, that's that's big scale. Um, and we went, went for it. So where we are now, we're in Tesco's, we're in Sainsbury's, we're in acardo we're in Co-op, we're in WH Smith. Um, we're lots sort of independents. we are in Whole foods and planet organic uh and we're we're currently export's quite a lot of markets about twenty three international markets.
1: Wow, it sounds great we export
0: into yeah mm. it, it's 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 great um but there are challenges with with growing at the space and yep. spreading ourselves too thin in the way that we have done mm. um and we've we've got a lot of learnings as a result because we did things quite quickly, you know when you ask other food founders. How, how long does their take their idea, their concept to actually making the product, to actually launching it somewhere and then going, scaling up to supermarket. You know, we, we kind of did the stuff in the span of six months. Um, mm. And uh, we, we, we didn't want to say no, but we've, we've learned our lessons of going too quickly at the same time, yeah. notably managing cash, if anything yeah, um, yeah. is where we were. So, so yes.
1: Mm. Um, Amazing. Um, and, and, how difficult was it to get the product manufactured because everybody, I think, bar none that I've spoken to in the in the food and drink space said that that's possibly been the, the biggest challenge or the longest challenge maybe seems to have taken everybody 12 months to actually get on yeah manufacturer
0: so we so 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 people do ask they said oh how do you find your manufacturer and it was literally a case of google i just googled contract manufacturer of we're not a cereal bar but most of them are so i said Mm. contract manufacturer of cereal bars found various manufacturers emailed them all um and really important to to email your reason why you want to do it rather than the concept of what your product actually is because what i've found now and certainly what i've learned speaking to other startup brands is they need to really buy into you more than anything um mm. and we met with a few manufacturers and it was quite daunting really because the the whole idea behind our brand and the products we make is we want to be really open and honest with what's in there and to find manufacturers that say well here's a catalogue of bars we don't care when you what you want to put in it this is what we already make just give us your brand and we'll put it on the product. and You know, when you're making a premium product, we don't want to cut corners. And um, there's a a price to pay on that side because you're working with quality ingredients that quite a few manufacturers didn't want to be dealing with. Mm. And so we finally found a manufacturer um, who got back to us. And, you know, still today, we were really fortunate that we did because I don't know how, but we got payment terms up front, which is incredible, um, which is unheard of. And, uh, you know, what someone said, someone said, how easy is it to find the right manufacturer? So it was really easy to find them. But now I look at how supportive they've been to us over the last four years, considering the ups and downs we've been in and the situations we have, had, we've not been able to pay them and how they're still there for us today, just really shows how much they buy into the business and the idea and, and us as individuals. And to find that level of manufacturers would be challenging on the outset, mm. Um but at the end of the day, they, they they almost need to be treated as a as a partner, yeah. if anything, okay. um, for us. So, um, but to, to begin with, it was a case of googling. And the other thing you can do is is um, find out who oh, you got competitors in the market. Find out who their packaging suppliers are. You speak to the packaging suppliers; they then put you in touch with manufacturers. Mm. There's lots of way rounds of of researching and doing it. Um, but ultimately, they they've got to buy into you and your story and 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 why you want to produce the product. So, so they're not just making
1: a product for you. Good advice. Yeah, I was, I was listening to recently um, the podcast. Funnily enough, um, Lara Bar on how I built this. Oh yes, didn't, didn't know if you listened yeah. to that one. That was a hell of, hell of a story. In the US. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And with with regards to yourself, um, when you were. When you were Innocent, did you find that an entrepreneurial environment at all? And very much so. Very okay. much so. Yeah. yeah, I think
0: when you when you asked uh, one of the other founders, you know, did you always want to do this? Um, you know, I think for me, I couldn't generally say, no, I always wanted to do this from a little age. I wasn't the kid selling lemonade, <laughs> you know, lemonade on the side of the road or stickers out of a sticker book. Um, and I think the move from Nestle to Innocent really opened my mind up to it, so that entrepreneurial behaviours and um, you know, taking something from concept to, to brand and really scaling something, really building something and feeling like you're actually doing something yeah. was where I got that. And it, it's no surprise when you look at people that have come out of Innocent and what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they created an environment where it was okay to leave to go do your own thing, you know, and, 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 that's, and that's, that's pretty much the behaviors I took out of that business. Um, and then going even smaller to Little Dish, which was the sort of nine employees and, um, you know, picking up that entrepreneurial flair from both both founders in that business as well. So, um, I, I went into nutrition and I built a service business. But ultimately, what took me back to where, where I am now is I wanted a product. I wanted to build a brand um, and, and work on the product industry and be really part of FMCG. Then, um, then working on in one-to-one sessions privately with clients.
1: And, and what was the? I missed,
0: I missed the industry.
1: Okay, I was going to say, what was the the rationale, the motivation for wanting to to switch from a from a service? industry to, to, to building a product
0: uh I think it's something more tangible very much okay. so yeah um you know if I'm completely honest it's something something more tangible something more accessible to everyone something that would require me to build a team something that can almost run without me there at yeah. the same time you know from from an entrepreneurial side of it it's you know it's um it can all happen in the background I, I couldn't I couldn't go away or be at home with my daughter or um, take a day off and and see clients when it was the nutritional side was was it's so great you for after year one we' got our first employee in it was the first time you can actually have a holiday knowing that the <laughs> business will run in the background yeah you know? yeah um and and so it's uh, and the industry is is fascinating in itself and and on the other side that there 's a lot of change that 's needed a lot of change has happened in the last few years. Um, with regards to quality of products, with regards to the want for real food, less sugar, less processed ingredients, the big guys failing at launching stuff, so they now buying the little guys because they can't do it better themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of that going on, and there's a movement that's taking place. Um, with, with consumers knowing and wanting to know what they're eating and what's in their products. Everything's becoming more transparent.
1: Yeah. 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 Which is only a good thing. Um, yeah. And yeah. do you see a, a massive opportunity now? Because as you alluded before, literally you, you go into a Tesco's, for example, a Tesco express where the choice is, is that much more limited and literally every bar is like a cereal bar and it's the, you know, the sugar content is astronomical for virtually mm-hmm. every single one without without compare
0: yeah yeah I think the, the the buyers took a while to get their head around it they've, they've been really receptive in the recent years because they they're understanding there's a category here now there's there's healthy snacking and and one of our challenges that we've had personally as, as a brand in the last uh, in the last 18 months is there's been a hell of a lot of competition that's come to market yeah which we didn't prepare for. When we launched, there was only Naked, Bounce, and Eat Natural, mm-hmm. um, and we were the sort of the new kid on the block. And up until then, you know, Naked really didn't have anyone perched on their grass outside. Um, and now there's a lot. Which in 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 a in a, in a, in a, in a um, an impacting way, it sort of affected us because we didn't we didn't really see that coming. We were fortunate that we gained our listings ahead of this happening um but at the same time on a positive way it really showed there was a category being built and there's room for all of us to play together and create with the retailers a healthy snacking better you fixture so on the retail side it's it, it's 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 been challenging because there isn't yet a healthy snacking fixture in some of the retail accounts um where we want to work more on now is is more like four courts and independence. So when you go into a four court service station, you know, some of them have their healthy snacking fixture. There's one I saw yesterday, it said healthy snacks, and then it had all the products on the on the fixture, and the healthiest thing on the fixture was the sign that said healthy snacks. <laughs> um, and you know, when we yes. present to the buyer at you know, a well-known, uh, Falcourt group. And he turns around and he says, well, I like your products, but I don't know whether my drivers that are coming in and buying mm. their Mars bars will want them. And that's when we, we pull the mission out we say, well, we're, we want to get to the people that are not buying anything because you've got no choice for them. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not going for the people that are buying the Mars bar. We're going for ones that are just walking out, buying their petrol and, and not picking anything else up. Um, so yeah. for us, it's, 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 um, it's, it's giving people the option to choose better.
1: That makes really. sense. Like you're looking at that, as they call it, low hanging fruit, rather than trying to change everybody's. Yeah. You know, yeah. reeducate people um, because, like you say, you know, Bill, who's been driving trucks for thirty years, is at exactly. a Mars bar every day for five to five days for thirty years. Exactly. Why, why try yeah. and change that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly yeah. that. Exactly that. And we, you know, that the, the the over the years, over the last few years, you know, areas sort of proved the concept for us. You know, we rolled out into. Uh, virgin flights, Virgin trains, you know, there are places that we could be mm. outside of just being a gluten-free, dairy-free product in, the mile in a free aisle in a Tesco's
1: yeah.
0: um, or a Sainsbury's. So um, for us now, we, we, we're taking the product mainstream. We're, we're moving away from it being – it's still a paleo product, but mm. paleo means nothing to a Tesco shopper. Yeah, um, You know, some people think it's an ingredient. So for us, its we, we've got the ability to take this great product and, and be mainstream and, and go up against – other supposed healthy snacks and confectionery items
1: Mm. and and how easy in inverted commas was it to get that that first listing and actually get your products in in front of somebody
0: uh it wasn't I wouldn't say it was difficult I I would actually say it's easier to get the listing it's harder to sort of maintain it and protect it um we uh we were fortunate in a way that there was at the time there wasn't a lot of innovation in the the free from section in store, mm-hmm. which is where we which is where we naturally went into. Um, and we just sent in samples. We had discussions with the buyer. We showed them how we could bring something a bit more innovative to the fixture. Um, the, the retail buyers get it. They know that innovation is key for them, especially in the times that they're going through at the moment. Um, so that wasn't you know that wasn't difficult from a a sales perspective, there was a whole operational perspective at the same time of, you know, it's very easy to to say yes to a Tesco that wants to put you in 500 stores, but somehow you've got to get that product made. You've got to find the cash to get it made. And then you've got to get it in and then you've got to wait 30 days if you're lucky for them to pay you. Um, so, you know, there is that element of, do I scale up so quickly? And then if you go into too many stores and it doesn't work and only works in a handful, you know, across the board, it's, it's a performance challenge at the same time. So, um, you know, we actually launched in Sainsbury's and Waitrose in the same month. Did
1: you? Um,
0: yeah, but but what can you do? You can't say no. Mm. You know, you have to you have to find a way to to, to get money together to make stock to supply them. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then be challenged with the fact that compliance is terrible and product doesn't hit the shelves and, you know, the first few weeks of sales are terrible because the stock's still in the stock room. Um, but it's uh, I, I'd say you, it, the building the castles on is the easy bit. It's the maintaining it that's the hard bit. Okay. You know, and uh, that's that's our focus this year now that we've 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 brought in some investment to to really go for it.
1: I was going to say, how, how have you managed to um, to scale the business then? Because you clearly saw, saw growth, and you can either do that organically, or you can, you can get investment and you can um, seize that opportunity before yeah. somebody else does.
0: Yeah. So year one, we did it part time. Um, Dom and myself, we were, I was still doing my nutrition to pay for basically, ultimately to pay, be able to pay for my childcare. Mm. Um, and Dom was still running his sales agency. And so we were working out of his conservatory and fulfilling orders in year one. And so we didn't, we didn't raise any money at that point. We I think we did about 400 grand in sales. And um, then we decided, you know what? I need to be doing more marketing. He needs to be doing more sales. We shouldn't be sat here fulfilling orders. We need to bring on our first employee, take on an office space. And so we went out and we did a SCIS round um, with a, a private angel investor, raised a bit of money, moved into the office and then grew that, grew that business over the next year to to circle a million um, with a small team. And then uh, then in year, coming into year three, it was Tesco's that approached us and said, we, we love your product, but we want it in a multi-pack, which we didn't make at that time. And we want to give you 550 stores for it. And they told us in April and they wanted it in July. Wow. Um, at which point we thought, you know, um, how on earth are we going to do that? You know, and so we 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 um, looked left, right, and centre to see who would give us a loan. We were really fortunate that we could take a loan out. We took we took a couple of hundred grand as a loan mm-hmm. and used that to buy the stock. Um, and I remember emailing the buyer the night before because we used to hear all the horror stories from the from the retailers, and it doesn't happen as much now, where they could just change their mind. You know, right you know, I was, you know we're, we're putting everything on this ultimately i'm signing on the dotted lines to take this loan to buy this stock from a manufa- another manufacturer to find another manufacturer in the uk that can make exactly the same product and pack it into a multi-pack box hmm. um which we did and uh and then we sold it into tesco's and it's one of the biggest parts of our business currently um and then as a result of that we felt right now we've got it in store we need more money to support it so we went on another fundraising round and we worked with um with a, a broker who specializes in the food and drink space and they helped us raise a chunk of a chunk of cash and and we raised that in 2016 and uh and then we came into 2017 and we burnt through it so quickly to the point where we we pretty much ran out completely um and it was tough you know the, the competition piled in incredibly uh we lost quite a few team members to other food and drink brands and you know, we, we, t- we the team went from sort of 26 of us to 11 while we were trying to manage cash flow. Um, at the same time, people were wanting the product. The co-op came on board. W.H. Smith came on board. So we had a product we could sell. We just didn't have enough cash, even though we we'd only just raised cash, um, which is why we had to, we had to go down a route of, of, of raising big time um, to to be in a position where it is a case now of of competing and um, fighting for our space on shelf and with the other brands that we're in that space with growing that category together so we're not stealing share we're growing share with each other from confectionery and and crisps and everywhere else
1: do do, do you now feel you've 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 come out the other side because that sounds like a hell of a story
0: yes yes (laughs) yeah i wouldn't trade it for the world it was a great experience yeah um you know we've we've come up with lots of, of new skills and lots of learnings and you know, really kind of um, putting focus on what's really important. You know, what's what's ultimately going to build equity in the brand and get more people to try it. And you know, where our focus areas are going to be, where we're not going to waste money. Um, and uh, and so, yes, you know, it was it was it's it was pretty tough, but you know, we've we've come out the other side, which is which is key. Um, again, because you know, with the VC fund, we we with the private equity and VC fund that we we've, we've teamed up with, they they saw the opportunity. They saw, you know, the brand we could build, the team that we've got in place, and the, and the products we make. You know, to give us that, that new lease of life to really go for it.
1: And, and is it a fine line when you're doing that as to how much of the of the business you still want to keep for yourself, and how much you're, you're you're giving away as equity?
0: I people always ask that question, mm. and I'm kind of of the mindset that it, people get too protective over how much yeah. equity they actually have. Where ultimately, what you want to be doing is just building a bigger pie together so it's you know there's these things that might not happen because you were too concerned about how much equity you're actually going to give up um but you know you'd rather have a little bit of something big than than a lot of something that's that's nothing yeah ultimately and and having been in the position where there are times where things could have been nothing um you know you almost got to look at it on the other side of you know ultimately you want to just grow and you want to scale up and you want to be as big as you can and and, you know you, you 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 take what you have and you make the most of it
1: and do you think it was just a a case of growing too quickly at the time, saying saying yes to everything, um, and or or was it almost like that perfect storm that you had so much competition piling in? It was the last, both. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. both. I
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't have. It's really hard. We. I don't regret growing at the pace we did grow because we kind of had to. Yeah. Um, because um you know for us we said yes to every international market you know our biggest competitor in the uk wasn't in these markets so we thought well, we could be first in these markets mm. and actually it's not great being first because there's no category there you know it's actually quite good to someone let someone else be first yeah and then you slide in as the you know the 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 um the green and blacks to their to their, their dairy milk you yeah. know it's um you know it's something a bit different offerings so um, I wouldn't have slowed down the way we grew um, because we were reacting to the market. But what we never really did is because we were growing so fast is we didn't reflect and look back. You know, we were very much where else can we sell the products and where else can we get it into without sort of strategically thinking what was right for us. So we would sell into a supermarket chain in an international market, whereas ultimately it's not the same as in the UK. Whereas you don't have the independent shops and that sort of grassroot market where consumers understand your product – you don't survive in the big supermarkets on your own. Um, so the way in which we did it, we could have done it slightly differently. But I don't, I don't, I don't regret what we've done. Um, if anything, you almost see some brands now they just take almost take too long to get the products off the ground um, and, and get cracking and trialing and those and learning from those early stages in itself. But it's 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 really the competition that sort of flowed in very quickly in the last year. I mean, it's incredible how much has moved into the space.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I know we've we've funded businesses in this space uh, just in the last two years yeah. and, and again i you know one of the kind of fall downs is that the, the tracking is not as good as it should be but i'd love to know you know how how well all of those businesses are doing and yeah and really know in the great scheme of things
0: um i mean there's you, you go into whole foods and there's a lot you yeah. see a lot and some some don't branch out further than whole foods but you know we're at a stage where we've gone further than whole foods and we're up against bigger competitors who have either Sold their business to um, big food industry companies, or you've got a competitor of ours that's just been been bought mostly bought out by uh, Mars, obviously. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, although we're raising money, so for us it is it's a I I'll say a fight's not the right word. It's it's a challenge together to grow together and um, and share that and share that, that space. Um, but I think if someone approached now and said I'd I'd like you to help me launch a snack bar into wh smith travel it's, it wouldn't be as easy now as it was yeah um three years ago mm. unless you had something incredibly compelling
1: yeah yeah and and do you feel now that you've you've had the time to reflect on what's happened over the last 12, 12 18 months or was it too close to uh to reflect back almost Just coming um, out the other end
0: yeah no definitely definitely um I think over the last sort of sort more of, well, short term, this is the last sort of six months, there was a lot of reflection time of thinking. You know, what could we have done better? You know, with everything from. I think if you ask any sort of business of our size, what are your biggest challenges? You know, for, for us and probably for many, it's cash and people. You know, mm. it's uh, we've we've, you know, it's sort of finding the right people that want to not just doesn't want don't just want a job they actually want to be part of the story you know one of my my biggest wishes was i wish i was at innocent as part of their startup story you know and um yeah and learn and learn from the beginning um and uh so for us we we've learned a lot in terms of the people that we want to bring in the people that we want to make part of the journey Um, we've people have asked us you know what's your relationship like with your support suppliers and this 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 testing time we've just been through has actually made all the relationships a lot stronger
1: mm, no, you know
0: we were we were literally in a position where we couldn't pay people for nine months you know mm. and uh and that 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 test is it just goes to show who really is there to support you um when they don't need to they don't need to they can they can chase down their money and then decide they don't want to make your products anymore yeah um or you know, everything from our box suppliers to everything right down to BT. You know, it's, it's, hmm. um, we, we were open from Ju- from July, really, in terms of where we were and who we can, you know, who, who we were struggling to pay. And, and we were open with the team in terms of where we are, where we were in the business. And, uh, and that I found was the best thing, really. It's just, just, just be open and honest and just try and do the best you can to pull through it.
1: And, and what do you think in, in hindsight got you through those, those times?
0: Um, I think it was that, I think it was, it was, if we didn't have the support from our suppliers, if I didn't have the support from my team, um, you know, we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have pulled through as much as we did, you know, because it was, it was, um, it was them, you know, that, that the amount of money we, we got into where we actually owed them as a supplier, you know, if we didn't, if, if, if they weren't in a position where they could still make product for us, because the co-op decided they wanted to give us not 160 distribution points that they said, but 3000, you know, we need to be in a position where um, we have their support to allow us to do that. And they saw that straight away. You know, they saw, wait a minute, you can't pay us back unless you're selling products and clearly you can sell products. So we need to help you. Yeah. Um, And actually the customers were good too. They weren't too bad. We were, even though we were in a position where to short customers and not be able to provide them with stock, that was challenging. Mm. Um, But you know they they kind of got behind us you know they they've, they've followed our journey you know most of the distributors from day one um and they again it's that's where it's been key is is they want to support me and my team and the business and 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 help in any which way they can because you know they knew there was opportunity there but there was also big risk yeah. for them
1: and and if you uh again I always go with the mantra you know no, no regrets but um if you were uh, kind of flip it, if you were giving advice to somebody um, starting out, was there anything that you would do differently, rather than saying it's like a regret? Is there anything that you would redo?
0: Um, just trying to think.
1: Or do you just think it's all think just p- part of the journey, and it is what it is, and you can only join the yeah, dots when you look backwards? Is. And
0: yeah, like I said, I wouldn't. I, I kind of view it as an experience to have gone through. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I did, you know, I really am. And um, it's quite nice that it's not all to see it as all just sort of, you know, rose tinted glasses Absolutely. and plain sailing. And, you yeah. know, it's because it's not. Um, and it's challenging. And it's, the weird thing, it wasn't actually hard because you, you're learning every single day and you're, you, you you're, um, as long as you it's not going to put too much pressure on yourself. Um, I mean, the biggest bit of advice which I'm really passionate about, which we, we give other people, is make sure you get the branding right. You know, mm. we, we did we did do that. And, and what would have been my biggest regret, I think, if I had to think of one that could have happened, is, you know, we were really fortunate with our branding. Um we 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 appointed two branding guys who just left Pearl Fisher, who are probably one of the best in the branding space on food and drink, to set up their own agency at the time we launched. So we were a grassroots project for them. Mm. Um and they quoted me a nominal fee and I couldn't afford even that fee. And it was in the, it was a cup, you know, it was a few thousand pounds, it was nothing. Something that would be 20,000 pounds today. Right. And the scary thing was if they quoted me 20 grand back then, I wouldn't have done it. Hmm. But ultimately, when you make a food product and you look at Pip and you, what's so great about all our products is they're so simple. You look at Pippa Nut yeah. you look at ugly, you look at all the other brands that you're speaking to, you know, there's one ingredient in there. Yeah. Anyone can launch a peanut butter. So if you don't do what What Pippa's done, you don't do. What I've done, you don't do. What Ugly's done, you really invest in getting that brand right. You don't own anything. You know that's all you've got at the end of the day because someone else can rip off your product. Mm. Um, And you know ultimately that is what people are connecting with because a a good product is replicable, um, but the brand is yours. And you know, so 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 my biggest advice is don't be scared to invest to get the brand right. um, Whether you need to fundraise or whether you need to bootstrap to get to that stage mm-hmm. and and had I not done that and, and fortunately I, I wasn't charged the 20k but had, if I was that would have been the biggest regret not yeah. paying for it, paying at that level um
1: very good that's, advice that, that's all yeah I no I like it, it. That's, that's that's fantastic thank you very much um and where do you see um, the opportunity now for yourself lying having come out the other side of that
0: so really it's all about growth for us we've, we've, we've attained, I think about 7,000 distribution points in the UK. So really for us, it's making those work harder. Uh, More people coming into the category. So we need a big edging piece to explain to people why these products are better than other supposed healthy, healthy snacks. When I say healthy snacks, where you see the big guys sort of going into healthy snacking and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing particularly healthy um so for us it's uh, growth we're best meant to to really focus on being purchased when people are in store we want to sample the products more because we strongly believe that if people actually try it um they'll love it um and then building a really strong team up again and uh and and sort of bringing people on board that believe in the vision and the mission and driving the business forward
1: Mm -hmm. I was going to say, what what do you feel separates yourself from um, the competition that's out there in in your space at the moment?
0: Uh, So we like to, well, for us, it's more keeping things simple. You know, we, uh, you know, hand on heart, we make the, if you look at our protein bar range, we make probably the cleanest, um, protein ingredient protein bars in the market you know we use five ingredients where our competitors will sort of use 25 yeah um you know because for us it's let's let's make it real food you know and uh, we actually use a plant-based protein which is key as well mm. um and, uh, and and ultimately the idea being is it's got to taste great more than anything so for us it's going out with the message being you know have a look at what's in the ingredients list could you make that product yourself could you pronounce those ingredients and give the product a try because we're quite confident that when people try it, they do love it. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, when we do when we do events, they'll say, "How is this different from X Bar?" And we'll say, "Just try it first, and then you tell us how you think it's different." Yeah. So uh, we're quite proud of that, really, and uh, and quite bold in that thinking that mm-hmm. you know it's 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 the way the you know it's the way the market's moving, and why, why can't real food be simple?
1: Awesome. And if um, I wanted to go out now and taste one of your bars, what's the easiest way I could do that?
0: The easiest, uh, the most straightforward way is our website because we actually do taster boxes. Okay. So um, you can actually order a taster box of, the, of our normal standard primal bar energy range or our protein energy range. Um, and then in store itself, uh, we've got quite good distribution in the co-op, so the okay. high street co-op, co-op stores. If you're in London, Whole Foods, Planet Organic, Um and if you're out, if if you're out across nationwide, then the big Tesco stores and Sainsbury stores.
1: Perfect. That's and awesome. Amazon, obviously, and Amazon as well. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. Amazon. Cool. Well, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Um, what must no, be a busy thanks. schedule. And um, thank you for talking to us.
0: No, no worries, no worries. Thank you very much.
1: So. How about that episode then? Um, that had it all, didn't it? Um, good times and the bad times, successes and the failures, um, all for the greater good. Obviously, doing really, really well. Um, some major lessons to, to take away there, which um, I touch on. Um, support is obviously key. Um, you know, it can be very lonely being an entrepreneur, um, but don't be afraid to ask for help because uh, people are there. To help you, be that family, friends, be that your your customers, be that your suppliers. Um, You've just got to ask. You don't know the answer if you if if you don't. So, huge lesson to take away. Um, And feeding into that staff, um, love the fact that you know Susie um, is looking for for staff who we want to be part of the journey. You know that's able to share that journey and you know input into the journey throughout really. Um, and I think there's, it, it's the most difficult thing to get right without a shadow of a doubt, um, being there ourselves a number of times um, and there's no magic formula for, for getting the right stuff. Um, you, know, you do make those impressions when you first meet somebody pretty instantly. You have a very small window of opportunity to do so. And you can obviously then go through the interview process and different challenges that you're going to set people. Um, but it very much is a gut feeling. From the start, does that person get the business? Um, you know, especially for a startup, it' very different from from I think hiring for a for a corporate. So that's key having the support of your staff, um, and leading onto that cash, um, which nearly lost Susie the business. By the sounds of things, came very close, not being able to pay anyone for for nigh on a year, which is tough. Uh, and again. Sure many of you have been there same as myself. Um, cash is with that without doubt king and having enough of it and, and being able to keep it in reserve and plan when to to use it. So being aware of your your finances and reviewing those regularly, be that you know an hour on a Saturday morning before everybody else is up um, on a Friday evening or on a Sunday before you start the week, just catching up with where you are. Um, massively key. So, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you if you'd like to hear the story from the proverbial horse's mouth, then Susie will be one of my amazing guests in Brighton um, in May, and you can grab a ticket for that which is going to be on our Eventbrite page, um, Startup U, and also on our Facebook page, Startup U Limited. Um, We'd love to see you there. Go and check out the other speakers as well. And if you're near a Bournemouth on the 23rd, we're going to be with our winning women entrepreneurs, uh, five of them, and talking all about lessons learned and advice that can be given if you're starting a business from the female entrepreneurs who are doing so amazingly well at the moment so coming up to our 100th episodes we'd love to know your questions on what you're struggling with what challenges you've got what advice you'd like that i and my team of mentors can give you a special one-year episode so catch up with me at alex chisnell on twitter and linkedin or simply email alex at startupu.co.uk thanks for listening this week and look forward to speaking to you again next week bye for now If you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. That's Startup U with the letter U. From there, you'll be able to see what live events we've got coming up and book a ticket from as little as £5, which includes a complimentary drink and the opportunity to network with like-minded entrepreneurs. Hope to see you soon. If you're an entrepreneur looking for funding, mentoring or support, go to startupu.co.uk. And if you'd like to share your startup story, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to the contact page on startupu.co.uk and we'll be in touch. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and I'd love it if you left me a review of the show. To connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at Alex Chisnell. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be just right. Action always beats intention. This show is brought to you by Rocket Spark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great looking website. Each month, Rocket Spark offers one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in market testing of a new idea. Just go to Rocketspark.com screw it, just do it to enter.